1: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi there. You know, we love our sponsors on the podcast
2: and we hope you're going to support all of them. But just in case you're not into listening to the commercials like this one, I have some excellent news for you. For just $15 per month at Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show, you can get the ultimate edition of this podcast And it's entirely commercial free. Here's what that means. With the Ultimate Edition level, you get everything we have to offer on Patreon. You get the Ultimate Edition of the podcast as a commercial free version of the show that includes the shadow docket at the end, exactly as it's recorded. Plus, you get the exclusive Friday after party with me and Kimberly. You get to post your own blogs in the member post tab. You get to download the app and participate in the new chat room feature on the app and a whole lot more, all for just $15 per month. That's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. And now let the cartoons begin.
3: The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob.
1: Bob. Bob. Maluga, luga, 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 <laughs> luga, luga. Why don't I
2: just call you Bob? The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, October 19, 2023, and this is The Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. What's happening? How are you doing? I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1002 of the Biden-Harris administration. Look, a day over a 1,000, huh? <laughs> 382 days until the twenty-four presidential election. Threads and Instagram. Find me at TheBobSeska. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore ghost. Bob Seska. Patreon, bobsescashow.com. And David's not here today. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. that in a second. Meantime, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Jody on the show. Yep. That's what we're waiting for. i am going to talk
3: with Seska. It's me. <laughs> and she wrecks some more. Uh, not yes, him. No. Nothing really grows with Jody on the show. With Seska.
2: It is uh, Jody <laughs> Hamilton, uh, executive producer of the Stephanie Miller Show, uh, stephaniemiller.com, also patreon.com slash miller. Hi, Jody. Welcome. Hello, Bob. So David isn't with us today. David? No, he's not. Yeah, if you follow David on Facebook and Instagram, you know by now that David is in the hospital. I think he's still in the hospital as of right now. He certainly was last night, and the reason is, if you've been following the show for the last few weeks, it's his horrible, horrible toe. It looked as though the toe monster may have been victorious with this entire health saga. In fact, last night wasn't the news, Jody, that uh, they were considering amputating that purple. Yes, that's toe? what he said.
4: Yeah. They were oh my consider god. Consider it, but luckily they've. They're waiting. They're probably doing a bunch more tests before they decide
2: yeah. what to do. I figured that they might, rather than just saying, oh, look, I throw purple. Yeah, let's let's cut it, of it off. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's no, not no. do that if we
4: don't
2: have to. Right. So I'm sure he was freaked out about that. I would have been. I mean, that's a terrifying prospect of having something amputated. Are you kidding? And you know, the other thing, um, Jody, I've been thinking about this, and I keep forgetting to bring it up with David. I wonder what the chances are of it being COVID toe. It I could be. I don't remember if David has had COVID yet, but isn't that a thing? Am I making that up? It is a
4: thing. They should definitely see if he's got, uh, well, I mean, he's been vaccinated, so he has antibodies, so that's not a good test. Um, It could be COVID-o.
2: I mean, is there a test you can take that, determines whether or not you've had COVID and maybe not any, not
4: if you've been vaccinated, I would imagine. No. Yeah. Something. I don't remember if he had it. I don't recall.
2: Yeah. Me neither. Something vaguely, some friends we are, uh, (laughs) vaguely tells me that he has had COVID at some Mm -hmm. point, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, much less whether David had COVID at some point in the last three years. So, but you know what? Why don't we try to ask him? Because I'm going to call him here. I'm going to see if we can do this. This is going to be a challenge because we've never really called anyone on the show before. We've never done a live call. And I don't think he's going to be able to hear you because I'm just going to hold my phone up to the... All uh, right, then I'll
4: yell really loudly. I I kid. I'm sorry. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to see if we can do this. I think this is the number. I'm going to call him now. That sounds good. Hey, Bob. Hey David, you're on the show right now with uh, with Jody, hi. Oh
3: no. <laughs>
2: Are you still in the hospital?
3: Yeah, they're actually about to just discharge me.
2: Oh, really? So, the yeah. toe- let us know, did the toe monster win?
3: Uh, the toe is still attached.
2: Hey, hey. All right. hey, that's good news, screw that toe monster.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it may, I don't know.
2: Did they figure out what's going on with it? Have they determined what the problem is?
3: Well, it's a, i mean, it's a clot. It's, oh God, it's a long story. I have like a super rare genetic disorder that means that my bone marrow is producing way too many platelets, which makes for clots. Um, they're putting me but on our medication hand... to get my, you know, those levels back to normal. And then hopefully the clots will break up and go away. But they were talking about amputating my toe last night. And then they abruptly change direction at the last minute. Well, how, how
2: relieved were you when that happened? How relieved were you when they changed their mind?
3: Well, I mean, it's still a possibility. So it's, I mean, we're not, you know, it's not, we're not out of the woods yet.
2: Okay. So what's the course so of action like, now?
3: Well, oh, they're, they're sending me home with pain meds and steroids, and we wait to see if it gets worse or it gets better. Ooh,
2: steroids. Can, can I borrow some?
1: <laughs> I'm <kind> of <laughs> I mean,
2: joking. I'm joking. So, Jody, were you we going to ask David a question? I'll just repeat the question to him. Um, isn't he on blood thinners? Are, are you on blood thinners? She asked. Yes. Yes, you are. Oh God, so
3: many blood thinners.
2: Okay. And the other question is, and this is a question we brought up before we called you, David. The thought occurred to us that this could be COVID toe. Have you had COVID before?
3: I've never had COVID. Okay. Well, no, that don't the don't make COVID toe is a similar thing. Yeah. But um, this is actually being caused by something that's in my genetics that's making my bone marrow make too many platelets. Okay.
2: Well, we're all we're all thinking about you, and we wish you the very, very best, and we're glad that the uh, Toe Monster did not win this round. Thanks.
3: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. I seriously just, like, had a good cry just a minute ago because I'm just frustrated and I want to go home, so
2: thanks uh, for calling. Okay. Well, we thought we'd call Aww. and cheer you up, so... Yeah, well, I mean, in all seriousness, Toe Monster jokes aside, we're extremely worried about you and we hope you're going to be yeah. okay.
3: I'm going to be fine. I just may have a little different walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't
2: know. Turn it into something sort of jaunty and fun.
3: Yeah, I wish.
2: <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, uh, from everyone uh, here and, of course, everyone listening, big hugs to you, and uh, we hope you're going to be okay. We hope to uh, hear from you again next week. Thanks, man. Okay. All right. All right, take it easy. Good luck with the Bye. discharge. All right, there he goes. All's well that ends well so far, I guess, huh? <laughs> anyway.
4: Well, I'm glad he's getting out and going home.
2: Yeah, that's what's important. He just he sounds yeah. he sounds sad. So, uh, It's
4: well, I mean, hospitals are no fun. No, so. of course
2: not. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, I've been in and out of hospitals uh, for the better part of this year with my dad and everything like that. And, and by the way, he's back in the hospital this weekend. He just got.
4: I'm so sorry. Got Bob. admitted again
2: yesterday at the ER because uh, he's having a reaction to the IV antibiotics that he's on. So it's just oh, uh, you feel terrible for him because just when you feel like he's out, he has to go back in to sort of paraphrase right. Godfather Part Three, and so it's got to be so demoralizing for him.
4: Yeah, I mean, when my sister got sick, when Carrie got, I have so many sisters that got sick. Uh, when yeah. Carrie got sick, to be more precise, mm-hmm. um, she had never spent a night in a hospital ever.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: And so she was terrified.
2: There needs to be a process, Jody. And I'm sure through your myriad experiences with uh, uh, sick siblings and in and out of hospitals yourself, you know this that the process is just, it's not quite airport demoralizing, but it's kind of close in that range where there's nothing that's dignified about being in a hospital. No. It's just a humiliating experience from top to bottom. They just need it, to do it, a better job. Yeah. yeah.
4: It's, it's, well, I mean, you know, they're there to just make sure you're alive. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and not in pain if that's an issue. Like the first time I spent the night in the hospital, I was 14 years old oh. and I was having jaw surgery. Yeah. And um, I spent four nights in the hospital. Um, and because of the surgery, you know, my face got super swollen. Yeah. yeah. And, So the first morning, you know, after the surgery that I'm awake, I had to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and they didn't want me walking. I was still weak, obviously. Yeah. It was a five and a half hour surgery. It was a, it was a big deal. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And uh, I'll send you pictures of before and after. Yes. And, uh, uh, so, (laughs) so I really had to go. So Mm -hmm. they gave me a bedpan. Mm -hmm. Now mentally I I can't do that. Yeah. (laughs) I I couldn't. I was, I was tried. Yeah. And tried and tried for like an hour. So I was in excruciating pain. Hi, do you not want – please stop crawling on me, Vinny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hi, Vinny. Hi, hey, buddy. He's, he wants to eat my headphones. Um, so anyway, now he's rubbing his face against him. I wish you could hear this. Oh, that's so, sweet. so, so I'm, you So know, I called the nurse again and I said, seriously, I cannot do this. And now I'm in excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. So she got a walker for me and let me walk in. And they kind of just didn't want me to see what I looked like um cuz i looked like i'd been in a fight yeah. um and my head was as big as a beach ball it was huge wow. um, from the swelling yeah. but i mean you know so being in a hospital is not fun bedpans i have yet to have to use, well i've had to use one but i didn't i was unable to use it cuz mentally mm. i just i'm not going to pee in my bed
2: yeah yeah i mean i have an issue with pee shyness you know when it started mm. It started when the Don and Mike show was feuding with G. Gordon Liddy and the whole situation with the David Letterman picture. I've told the story a million times where Liddy yelled at me about the David Letterman picture up in Buzz's newsroom and wanted me to take it down. Blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to every time I'm in the bathroom after that, the bathroom at WJFK in, in Fairfax, Virginia, every time I'm in there and Gordon Liddy would walk in, that would be it. I couldn't pee anymore. Because I was terrified. I thought right. he was going to stab me because I was associated with this rival show. That was uh, like 21-year-old uh, paranoid me. Or I was 22. But uh, <laughs> 21, 22.
4: Well, I mean, it, it just, I mean, that was the most, I mean, the night before it was really bad because I was yeah. throwing up and I couldn't open my mouth. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to keep suctioning out the the bloody sputum. Ooh, um, fun. I, that sounds oh, yeah, yummy. Up- I threw up what looked like a blender. By the way, uh, I threw up a blender's worth of blood.
2: Oh my God! So anyone who's making a smoothie right now and listening yes, please, to the show—yes, please. I'm
4: sorry. I apologize. Very, very
2: <laughs> sorry for that mental image. Oh my God! Yeah, were you scared going into that? Just uh...
4: I was. I mean, the reason that I got the surgery was um, I was 14, like I said, mm-hmm. and my I had my teeth were. Um, they weren't super crooked. We figured my parents were like, yay, she won't need braces, just some retainers and everything will be yeah. fine. She'll be the cheapest kid we've got. This is awesome. And, um, then the orthodontist said, oh no,
3: hmm.
4: uh, she's going to be the most expensive one. Um, uh. so the, the options were, can you still hear me? Cause the cat just,
2: yes. Dropped uh, you dropped okay, out good. for a second there, but you're fine now.
4: Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the the doctor said, so here's your two choices. One is seven years of braces and with headgears and neck gears.
2: Oh, that sounds fun. You know what? Kimberly actually wanted to have headgear. She made headgear for herself, even though she didn't need. My she-
4: sister wore, wore one, um, carry, Yeah. She wore a neck gear, actually not a head, yeah. full headgear, but a neck gear. Mm. Um, and it was not attractive. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Vinny, please stop trying to eat mommy's, um, headphone. Yeah.
2: Well, Kimberly cord. used an antenna from a TV and, and made oh, one of the circular funny. antennas and attached it to her face and then went to school like that.
4: Oh <laughs> and my so God, that's hilarious. Somebody she must've admired had a headgear or <laughs> yeah, something. That's so. the only thing that makes any <laughs> Just, sense. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, they were, you know, think about it. I'm 14. They're saying seven years. Yeah. Headgears, gears. Oh, I will God. be 21 years old in college looking like that as yeah. I graduate. I finally get them off when I graduate. So I was like, okay, I'm already fat. I really don't need to be that ugly on top of that. Mm-hmm. So... um on top of my, my, um, unfortunate pictures. So,
2: Oh God, you're so hard on yourself, unnecessarily hard on yourself. Oh, you
4: haven't seen the Getty photos anyway. Um, so I've seen many photos of you and
2: you always look great, but okay.
4: Uh, these are more recent ones. Um, so the other option was surgery because Mm -hmm. what the problem was, I didn't have an underbite or an overbite. My teeth met. Oh. And so for the first 14 years of my life, I had been pulling my jaw back just to close my mouth properly.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
4: And so that was what the neck gear was for, was to pull it back,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know. And um, so they said, well, it's it's uh, it's it's surgery uh, and we'll fix that. And then I had a really gummy smile on my upper uh, teeth. And so they actually cut bone out from my upper Uh, jaw. Oh my God. Um, so that, that was cosmetic. That was just really nice. Um, but the lower (laughs) jaw, they, they, (laughs) they broke, they broke my jaw, moved it back. You know, I still have wires in the back of my head. Uh Um, and so that was, you know, the difference. And I was wired shut for seven weeks two of which were during school.
2: Mm, fun.
4: So it's really fun to conjugate verbs in French when your teeth are (laughs) wired shut.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine.
4: And I had to carry wire cutters with me just in case I got into an accident or something so that the paramedics or anybody could take, just undo my teeth.
2: So literally like the jaws of life for your jaw. (laughs) Uh
4: Uh-huh, and I had to be, because we were living on the Big Island and we would fly to Maui every now and then to see my parents, Mm -hmm. and so... I had to get clearance to bring wire cutters on these little puddle jumpers. Oh yeah, yeah, of Maui. course. Mm-hmm. Even just the little nine seaters they're like, no, you need it, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was you know, I was wired up for seven weeks, yeah. and I lost twenty pounds.
2: Yeah, that'll do it. If you can't put uh-huh. solid food in your mouth, sure.
4: Yeah, and and I only drank. Hey, cat, please, seriously, I need these <laughs> headphones. Um, so and I only I only drank foods that are normally liquid. Uh huh. Because I knew other people that had, you know, had their jaws wired shut for various different reasons. And one person that I spoke to said that she would just, you know, blend up a steak. And I'm like, ew.
3: Oh, that's Um,
2: horrifying. That would taste terrible. Yeah, yeah. A a, a steak shake. Yeah. Yes. Oh, what a harrowing story that is. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, four nights in the hospital because until I was able to poop, they don't let you out.
2: I had no idea. It's a
4: thing until you. A friend of mine's a nurse, and he's like, "Yep, the, until you poop, you're staying in the hospital."
2: Well, okay. You know what? We got to talk about Sidney Powell. Do you want to talk about Sidney Powell? Because this is a, speaking of poop. Yeah, speaking of poop. Good segue. Thank you. Yes, Sidney Powell has pleaded guilty and agrees to testify Yay! against co-conspirators. That second part is the part that's made me uh, full of smiles today. Yeah, this uh, this all went down earlier today, remarkably prior to us recording the show. Normally, this kind of thing happens <laughs> seconds after we're finished recording the show. But yes, yeah, this is, of course, in the Fulton County case. And one of the things I wanted to discuss in this context is something that doesn't get a whole lot of conversation on social media. And that is one of the reasons why Sidney Powell was indicted, which is this whole coffee county election center invasion mm-hmm. that she participated in and a while back uh, lawfare blog posted like a rundown of what happened in coffee county and what i want to do here is read that story and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want to read the section where they describe what happened in Coffee County, because it will blow your mind. I mean, this is one of the things that Sidney Powell's in trouble for. And there may be a connection, obviously, with Donald Trump ordering them to do this. So here we go. This is, of course, again, from uh, lawfaremedia.org. Maybe I'll Mike even Pillow
4: it hates lawfare. Mike
2: Pillow hates Oh, him. I know, I'm sure. Yeah, and this was written up by Anna Bauer, just to give credit where credit is due. So, shortly before noon, on January 7th, 2021, Jody, with the nation... By the way, the word Jody wasn't in there. I'm just talking. Oh, oh, oh yeah. God, that would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lawfare <laughs> blog directed specifically at you. <laughs> Short- <laughs> shortly before noon on January 7th, 2021, with, with the nation still reeling from the aftermath of the attempted insurrection in Washington, D.C., a Republican Party official ushers a computer forensics team into an elections office in faraway Coffee County, Georgia. According to a combination of court filings, depositions and subsequent litigations, the forensics team, a group of, oh, and it's also in the indictments too, the forensics team, a group of employees of an Atlanta-based firm called Sullivan Strickler, has driven into the rural South Georgia town of Douglas at the behest of Sidney Powell, a lawyer working with then-President Donald Trump's legal team. They are joined by a man named Scott Hall, a bail bondsman and Republican poll watcher who flew down separately from Atlanta. Kathy Latham, a public school teacher and chairwoman of the Coffee County GOP, escorts the group inside. There, they are welcomed by two local election officials, Misty Hampton and Eric Cheney, and former member of the elections board, Ed Voyles. Video surveillance detailed in the litigation shows what happens next. Over the course of several hours, the forensics team handles, scans, and copies the state's most sensitive voting software and equipment. All of this wow. takes place without authorization from any court of law. The Elections Board will later claim it did not authorize the entry or copying, which the Georgia Secretary of State's office has referred to as, quote, unauthorized access to the equipment that former Coffee County election officials allowed in violation of state law. Days before the forensics team sets foot in Douglas, which is about 130 miles southwest of Savannah, voters had arrived at the Elections Office to mark their ballots in the state's runoff election for the United States Senate, a race that would tip the balance of power in the upper house of uh, Congress. Two months before that, some 15,000 people flocked to the polls in the rural County as Joe Biden and Donald Trump battled for the presidency. Later in a recorded phone call entered as evidence in litigation, Hall will claim that the forensics group scanned every freaking ballot, quote unquote. By the way, yeah, just to be clear, scanned every freaking ballot is a direct quote cast in those races, of course. They scanned all the equipment, imaged all the hard drives, and scanned every single ballot, he will say in March of 2021. Throughout the month of January 2021, similar breaches occur on at least three other occasions. And additional outsiders are, again, given access to the state's voting equipment. Forensic copies are subsequently accessed by more than a dozen individuals across several states, the court records show. So that is it. And this was Sidney Powell's operation. Yeah. And the question then remains, Jody, whether Donald Trump ordered Sidney Powell to do this. Because Sidney Powell exactly. is like, remember in uh, Godfather Part Two, she's the buffa. Uh-huh. Yeah, the boss has lots of buffers, and Sidney Powell is one of them. So rather than Donald Trump communicating directly to the infiltrators in this case, it was probably Donald Trump ordering Sidney Powell to then order these forensic analysts into that election center to copy all of this data. But that was a major prong of the coup attempt. Mm -hmm. This was integral in the conspiracy and one of the cornerstones of the entire Fulton County case. And I thought it was important to recap that from the point of view of the fact that not only is Sidney Powell in the news today, but also we often tend to discuss what Donald Trump did and didn't do in the context of these cases. Well, this is something that I think is vitally important that doesn't necessarily involve Donald Trump screaming something into a microphone wasn't just uh, lawsuits and making false claims and things like that intimidating uh, election workers. I mean, it actually involved infiltrating election systems and copying ballots, scanning ballots. God only knows how many of them. But mm-hmm. uh, back to the main story here. Uh, the guilty plea by Sidney Powell was a blow to Mr. Trump, according to the New York Times, who faces the most charges of any defendant, along with Rudy Giuliani, his former personal lawyer. ha. <laughs> what do you think Rudy (laughs) he thinks it's hilarious (laughs) both men face 13 counts significantly it means that a member of the Trump legal team will cooperate with the prosecution as it pursues criminal convictions related to efforts to keep the former president in power after he lost the 2020 election Uh, let's see Miss Powell 68 years old who appeared in a downtown you know I always think it's weird that the New York Times still puts the age of the people in the news stories in the story it's like, well, okay, Cindy Powell, sixty-eight years old. Why is this important? Miss Powell, 68, who appeared in a downtown Atlanta courtroom, was sentenced to six years of probation for conspiracy to commit intelligence interference or intentional interference with the performance of election duties. That is significantly less severe uh, than the outcome she would have faced if found guilty of the charges for which she was originally indicted, which included violation of the state racketeering law. She was also fined six thousand dollars and agreed to pay twenty-seven hundred dollars in restitution to the state of Georgia. Was twenty-seven
4: thousand.
2: Is it 27,000? I'm looking at this directly in the New York Times. It could be a a typo. I thought it
4: was 27,000. I thought it was more than
2: that. Yeah. 2700
4: doesn't seem like a lot.
2: Well, let's go with 27,000 because it's more fun. (laughs) It's more fun to say 27,000. Sure. A much bigger number in restitution to the state of Georgia, as well as write an apology letter to its citizens. Oh, that should be an interesting one. I can't wait to read that on the show. The charges against her largely relate to her role in carrying out a breach of voting equipment in rural Georgia. That's the Coffee County story we just read. Daisha D. Young, who is an assistant district attorney in Fulton County, said in court that Ms. Powell had given prosecutors a recorded statement on Wednesday as part of her plea deal. She has agreed to testify against any of the 17 remaining defendants and turnover documents in her possession related to the case. And how do you think Donald Trump's feeling today? Is the is the catchup flying at Marlowe? Well,
4: I I ch- I checked Truth Social, um, Truth Central, Truth um, se- Central, Truth
2: Truth Central. Yeah.
4: I checked it this morning, um, and he was just railing uh, about Letitia James. So <laughs>
2: I, his lawyers are probably like, "Don't type,
4: stop it."
3: Yeah, Don't stop. Do it.
2: <laughs> right, stop it. Well, that that actually kind of happened in court mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this type. week. Yeah, Judge Engeron had to scold Donald Trump, tell him to uh, zip it because he was talking out loud in front of witnesses during the court proceeding. Like he was just like being disruptive. But yeah, here's a, uh, here's a recording of what happened in the court when Judge Engeron had to tell Donald Trump to zip it.
3: A trillion is more than a billion, numbnuts. All right, <laughs> zip it. You, know, you can't zip, even- Zip it. Zip. Look, all <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, exhibit A. <laughs> Number two, would you please back
0: up? I'm zippy long stockings. I <laughs> can't. <laughs> when a problem comes along, you must zip it. You must zip it. <laughs> zip it good. <laughs> Fart. <From>, would you, <laughs> <geez>, you <laughs> please? in the wall? Subtitle. Zip it. I'm just trying. to... Zip. It. Would you like to have the suckle of my zipper? <laughs> I want. <laughs> <to>. <laughs> Stop it. Zip it.
3: This. it. You know it. You're like a child. Talking. If you just one time. That was an
2: actual recording of what happened in court yesterday. Just saying. So yeah, the judge overseeing the trial told Trump on Wednesday to lower his voice during the hearings after he spoke aloud to his lawyers during testimony against him. So someone else is talking and testifying against Donald Trump, and Donald Trump's there going, you know, I gotta tell you something about hamburgers, they're my favorite food, and I invented hamburgers. Have I mentioned that? I invented them. (laughs) We'll sell them at Sharper Image stores. (sighs) He's just jabbering away, and the judge's like, okay, shut the fuck up, please. Angeron told everybody to be quiet, particularly if it's meant to influence the testimony. Well, this brings me back to my ongoing thesis when it comes to gag orders, Jody, which is that this needs to change. They need to just apply an across-the-board, in every single one of these cases, an across-the-board yeah. gag order, because-
4: I agree, but they're, they're, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. The the thing that's so weird about him, unlike other mob bosses, (laughs) first off, he wishes he were a mob boss. He's just, you know. But regardless, (laughs) it's like even if they, you know, X Y. Even if you know, Al Capone had access to social media when he was being hunted by the witch hunters. Yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't. He didn't. As much as people liked the lore of him, he didn't have the kind of insanity supporting him mm-hmm. like Donald Trump. Donald Trump is is unique in the sense that unlike any other celebrity out, or any other president that's still alive, he's got this weirdness about the cult aspect about him that like a caress and you know all these other Jim Jones and all yeah. these others, but it's with so many more people. Mm-hmm. That, that there's this fear that if we do this to him, and he's pushing it on a daily basis.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, and they're basically, I think what, what uh, Chutkin will do, <laughs> he's got two cases in front of her now. Um, but what, what she'll do is most likely fine him initially, like yeah. a lot of money.
2: Well, then that needs to happen because at some point he's going to go too far. And the idea is to nip this in the bud before it gets to the point where someone ends up dying because of the threats he's levying in public against his perceived enemies. It feels like the gag orders not only are welcome. I mean, I'm happy that they're they've been applied in these two cases, but at the same time, it seems like too little too late. Because the damage yeah. has already been done, and he's still pushing the envelope as far as what he can get away with, still going after Letitia James. Yeah, and- but the,
4: the the gag orders aren't against the actual prosecutor or the judge, right. Personally, it's their staffs. Yeah, their staffs. Yes. Um, but did we did Chuck can actually write down her gag order? Do we have the written version of it yet?
2: I've seen the transcript of the discussion, the debate about it, and I I haven't seen the actual gag order itself. But I do know that the judge and the the prosecutors are exempt from the gag order. Right. And and they can
4: handle it. They have the money for security. They can handle it. Um, My view is he he should start paying for the security of anybody that he's threatening.
2: Right. Absolutely. I mean, that is a great way to do it. I mean, what a great idea. I think that should be part of the uh, proceeding here. I think that maybe the judge should, t- or the judges, plural. <laughs> I'm getting them. By the way, I'm getting all these cases mixed up in my head. Like I had to delete a tweet yesterday because I screwed up the which, which case had a gag order and which didn't. But uh, yeah, what a phenomenal idea. Make him pay for the beefed up security. I think that's a valid punishment. And just keep it coming. Like every time he says something, add another $10,000 to the bill. However much it costs. Like, I'm just throwing that number out. But there's a, uh, a, a different lawsuit from the longtime partner of Brian Sicknick, Sandra Garza. That's been moving forward. The judge in that case has denied Trump's attempt to delay that lawsuit regarding January 6th. This is one of many, 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 many lawsuits outside of the uh, four criminal cases. So a federal judge on Wednesday denied former President Trump's attempt to delay a lawsuit against him, seeking civil damages over the January 6th Capitol attack. Uh, U.S. District Judge Ahmet Mehta denied Trump's stay motion in a brief order issued Wednesday calling the request unwarranted. This case remains at uh, at the motion to dismiss stage, blah, 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 legalese, 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 that only Jody understands. Sandra Garza... (laughs) (laughs) Sandra Garza, the longtime partner of Brian Sicknick, a U.S. Capitol Police officer who died hours after the Capitol attack, sued Trump just ahead of the second anniversary of January 6th. So we wish best of luck to Sandra Garza and to Donald Trump. Feel free to suck it. Meantime, well, you know what? we got lots more legal news to talk about. we got to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. We have to talk about uh, the third vote for speaker, which is not happening today, apparently. Yes, this continues to be my favorite thing in the world right now, the, uh, the rodeo clown show in the House of Representatives. So we'll talk about that, too, in a few minutes. Plus, Don Jr.'s on Coke. I'm Don Jr.'s on Coke. Yeah, he had something to say about uh, AR-15s and why people should have ar-15s and extended magazines and it's just as insane as you might think it is so we're going to talk about that a whole lot more on the big thursday show back after these words
1: you can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using bubble genius bath and body products see bubble genius is a woman-owned small business We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com.
0: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have?
1: Bob Seska
3: Another fine day, greedy manipulators proudly standing in the way. Here to stay, don't fret. Shiny objects and a net. Masses like their hype, got the business model set. You would never guess what that's right with a pets. Frantic mice in a maze as they place big bets. Good luck
1: on
2: Yes yeah, is uh you know this one. This is Betamax DC and a uh, song called Bruising USA. So
3: many options,
2: won't you? Yes, indeed. I figure you take a with the healthcare theme of today's show be appropriate, Bruising, Bruising USA, link in the description of course to support this song, get it into your record collection, meantime go to bobseska.com to submit your work to the show, just uh, click the indie music link at bobseska.com and we'll get your music onto the show, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Okay, Jody. Uh, we move along here to the uh, the most hilarious story of the past uh, week or two, which is this <laughs> this clown show in the House of Representatives with Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy and Patrick McHenry, teeny tiny little teeny tiny Patrick McHenry.
4: He's so small he had to change his chair out.
2: He has to wear like a raspberry for a hat.
1: Well, that, I mean, that's how small he literally
2: he changed the chair behind him. It's too big. It would make him yeah. look. Oh. <laughs> Who did that? Was it a Gilda Radner character, or was it God? Who was who used to do a a character that sat in a giant chair? Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin, yes, thank you very much. Yes, I mix my great comedians up sometimes. (laughs) That's probably what Patrick McHenry looked like in that. I mean, uh, and by the way,
4: he's younger than both of us.
2: Oh yes, that's right. I I was talking to Fugle saying about that. It's like uh, Alex Jones phenomenon, where he's like. (sighs) Like when
4: you're evil and he's not as evil as Jim Jordan by any stretch of the imagination because he's he's in support of Ukraine. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And uh, he's a corporate shill is what he is. He's he's no worse than the average. Somewhat sane Republican. He's um,
2: he's forty seven years old.
4: Yeah, he's a baby.
2: He looks uh, like someone from like the Dust Bowl era of the nineteen twenties <laughs> or thirties. Like
4: I think it's the bow tie that does that
2: for him. <laughs> like a character from Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Right?
4: Exactly.
2: Cliff Schechter said on the show yesterday, you can imagine like Patrick McHenry shouting at sharecroppers or something. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it says here in a surprise move, Jim Jordan from Ohio will back a plan to temporarily empower interim Speaker Patrick McHenry, Republican of North Carolina, until January, according to three sources, allowing legislative business to continue in the face of two wars and a looming government shutdown.
4: You know why? Is because Jordan complained that uh, McCarthy had two months to get everything together for 15 fucking votes. Um, Yeah, yeah. And it's like, dude, you're not going to get it.
2: Of course, this just forestalls the inevitable, which is just another series of votes that'll take place in January rather than right right now. I don't know if Jim Jordan's going to make any serious headway between now and then, what kind of deals he's going to cut. He's going
4: to lose more votes. Of course. Apparently today, he was going to lose by 30.
2: Yeah, and- Already, he set a new record yesterday with yesterday's vote. He got uh, 199 votes, and it marks the first time in 100 years that the majority nominee got less than 200 votes. Oh, so sad for Jim Jordan. Loser. Yeah, but I mean, I keep saying that this emphasizes the anemic nature of the Republican bench, that the only guy that they can put up for Speaker of the House, I mean, other than Patrick McHenry, and he's just a temp, is uh, an insurrectionist, he's linked to uh, myriad uh, sex crimes, and this is their star. This is their guy they want to be Speaker of the House. It really, I think, is heartening to me. And not only that, but I'm of the mind, and I wasn't initially in this camp, But I think over time, Kimberly has gotten to me because this was kind of her thing. I'm actually hoping Jim Jordan becomes speaker because I think if he does, not only is he going to be completely impotent in that role because you've got the Senate firewall and you've got the Joe Biden firewall. I mean, what damage can he really do from that position other than damage to his own party, which I think is very realistic. Like, the attention that Jim Jordan will draw to the Republican House of Representatives will create, I hope, a critical mass that will deliver the House back to the Democrats next year. What do you think of that, Jody? Is that, am I being foolish? Because I know some people were like, what are you talking
4: about? That's stupid. The problem that I have with that. Mm-hmm. I agree with the sentiment that that Kimberly has that that would guarantee, you know, we run the House for 40 years like we did for Mm -hmm. a brief period of time. Um, The problem is, is he's two heartbeats away from the presidency.
2: That's true. That's true.
4: And he would be allowed to get all sorts of top secret information that he could then, against the law, but what does he care, give to Donald. Yeah. And so these are the two problems I have with him becoming speaker. Um, uh, I worry for the president's safety every day anyway, and I yeah. worry for the vice president's safety. But if he's there, more reason for crazies.
2: That's true. and But I wonder, though, if we're just talking a matter of a couple of clicks one way or another between Jim Jordan and some other Republican. Because it
4: depends on the Republican. I mean, like yeah. a Brian Fitzpatrick wouldn't bother me. Um, uh, he's relatively reasonable.
2: I feel as though anyone that gets put up by the current Republican House leadership is, uh, whether, I mean, you can include Kevin McCarthy in this. I think any Republican would be a threat to democracy. It's just, I can... Well,
4: absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The the thing also, somebody had a, an idea on the Tom Hartman program yesterday, and I mm-hmm. think it's a brilliant idea. Yep. That um, we need to maybe amend the Constitution or make sure that the House picks up a rule, that basically if you don't have a speaker within X amount of days or X amount of votes, the minority leader becomes speaker. Right. Because think about it. Because, I mean, then your own party ain't going to kick out your own speaker if you're the majority. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because Hakeem Jeffries has gotten consistently – A hundred percent of the caucus to vote for him.
2: Yeah. In fact, I think Hakeem Jeffries has received more votes for speaker than any other speaker candidate in the history of the republic. I I think that's actually a thing and not surprising in the slightest. But yeah, the threat of a Republican becoming president through some sort of order of succession thing through, heaven forbid, some form of assassination. Well, that ship sailed last year in the midterms <laughs> when the Republicans took back the House of Representatives. There was always going to be a... Yeah, re- but
4: Kevin Mc- nobody was going to kill the president or the vice president for Kevin McCarthy.
2: Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I see that. I mean, I understand that Jim Jordan is crazier and more dangerous than Kevin McCarthy. Absolutely. But again, it's, it's just a matter of a couple of degrees one way or another. I mean, it's just they are still the Republicans loyal to Donald Trump are still second in line for the White House. And so yeah, I guess it is a matter of what if what if there is some sort of Jim Jordan acolyte who would want him to become president and take action into their own hands and and try but it seems like it could be a possibility. I just don't know that it's that great a possibility. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just hope being you're foolish. Right. I hope I, you're I don't right. know. I pro- I'm probably being stupid about this. I'm probably going to get lots of replies. Like, what are you talking about, Bob? But I think from an electoral point of view, I, if we just game this out from the perspective of all things being normal between now and Election Day 2024, or let's say extended out to the beginning of January 2025 when everyone's sworn in, it would be a good thing for the Democrats going into the next election if Jim Jordan's just flinging monkey shit all over the house. No, of I dessert. agree,
4: and and some people were worried that that uh, in twenty five, yeah, if Jim Jordan were uh, still running the speakership up until you know January sixth, he wouldn't because if yeah. if the Democrats win, they're seated January third,
1: mm-hmm.
4: so they're the new. Congress is the one that certifies the election, not the previous one. So that's not my concern. Some people Phew. are concerned about that. That's not my concern. They yeah. are, they are seated on January 3rd. Mm-hmm. So that's when the vote, and that's smart on the founders part to make them do it first. I yeah, thank yeah, God. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, Jim Jordan has the MAGAs behind him way more than Kevin McCarthy ever That's could. true.
2: That's true. Yeah, I mean there is that risk, and I can't. It's an extreme eventuality—the mutual assassination of both the president and the vice president to install I don't the trust speaker secret in the house. service. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. Now, all right, now we're getting into it here because yeah, you're right about that too.
4: <laughs> this <laughs> always story. right. I'm always right, Bob. Just ask Lonnie.
2: I know. I should just <laughs> resign myself. I mean. Obviously, but I I just think they're stuck. They're stuck right now. It's either going to be Jordan or someone who's not Jordan that they don't have the votes for because the crazy caucus isn't going to support anyone who's not Jordan. Or they could just go into a power sharing deal and have Hakeem Jeffries step in and then they split the committees. That would be the sane, rational way to go. But of course, (laughs) it's the Republicans. (laughs) Now you're being funny. I know. I'm being silly. Crazy talk. (laughs) But uh, speaking of crazy talk, I'm sure you've seen by now the Marjorie Taylor Greene video from outside the Capitol. I think she was on the balcony of someone's office in the Capitol building. And there's a protest going on. I believe Jewish protesters who support a ceasefire in the war, uh, the Israel-Hamas war. And Marjorie Taylor Greene was performatively losing her shit, losing her spadoinkle, insisting that the peaceful protesters who were gathered outside, listening to music, were insurrectionists.
0: This is an insurrection, throw these people out! Oh what is happening?
2: Is be- She's so confused. So what, this is an insurrection, she says, throw these people out. What is happening? I'd like to thank the Academy. Yeah. Nice, I mean, nice little does show, Does she know Marguerite. what an
4: insurrection is? Because I don't think she does.
2: She does not. She does not know what an insurrection is. Now they're just turning every protest into an insurrection. And there's actually kind of a serious angle to this that we should consider, which is that yeah. because of the reaction to the prosecution of insurrectionists from January 6th, Now, the Republican Party, as a matter of policy, is going to regard any protest by anyone who's not wearing red baseball caps as being some form of insurrection, and therefore must be put down in some way. These are one of the things that I worry about with another Donald Trump presidency, like anyone who protests. And we kind of saw hints of this during the BLM protests in 2020. Absolutely where suddenly protesters are disappearing. People are showing up in vans and they're hauling off protesters. And uh, Donald Trump is uh, gassing protesters in Lafayette Park so he can go do a a photo op. And then you extend that out to another four years after that. And Donald Trump fired up and ready to begin to exact his revenge, his retribution, as he calls it. And then suddenly... Peaceful assembly is something that people get prosecuted for. Why? Oh, because you people, you decided to uh, prosecute the insurrectionists. How dare you? Or the, I'm sorry, the peaceful protesters on January 6th, which is how they define that. So that is, uh, that is that. I just thought her confused yelling was uh, hilarious. Um, Meantime, back to some legal cases here. NBC News has filed a, 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 a pleading to have cameras in the courtroom for Trump's January 6th prosecution. This is according to our friend Brian Karam, who posted this uh, earlier today. He said, now courtroom cameras sought in D- in Trump D.C. federal case a recently filed pleading assigned to Judge Shutkin asked the court to allow audio and video recordings uh, because Donald Trump uh, was trying to subvert the peaceful transfer of presidential power, a fundamental principle of our nation's democracy. Ted Boutros, who successfully sued Trump's White House to allow Brian Karam and Jim Acosta, two of our favorites, to keep their press passes after Trump tried to revoke them, filed the pleading on behalf of NBC. Boutros noted the American public's extraordinary interest in the case. The fact that Trump is still a candidate for president and without cameras, only a very small number of people will be able to see the trial firsthand and everyone else uh, will have to rely on second and third hand coverage. Mm-hmm. I'm I've landed in this place where I, I actually really do want to see this trial. I think that, Me I think too. this trial in particular needs to be televised because I, yeah. I
4: hope that, that MSNBC and other, and even just broadcast networks pick up the YouTube feed or wherever that's from. Cause you can.
2: Okay. It's going to be on YouTube.
4: I believe it's going to be on YouTube. Um, That's how it's going to be streamed. Um, So I hope that networks decide to OJ this and
2: do it. Yeah. God, I hope so. I think they would obviously prefer to have their own cameras in there or pool cameras. Probably.
4: But it will be a pool camera. It'll be the one camera whoever is. I I want to say it's YouTube. I heard that when they first decided it was going to be televised in quotes. Yeah. Um, televised online is basically what it's going to be versus OJ, which by the way, that fucked up all my children for months. So <laughs> fuck you, OJ. More reasons to hate that guy. Yeah. You're pissed um, OJ
2: because of the soap operas. Yes. Yeah, sure. yeah. They
4: yeah. were just gone. Um, <laughs> so fuck you, OJ. But, um, <laughs> but I would like to OJ this and at, at bare minimum MSNBC, please CNN, please yeah. at bare minimum put this out there on your social medias and your actual broadcasting well, cable casting. Um, and I would like ABC, NBC, and CBS to do the same. This is important.
2: Yeah. Let me see if this is, uh, okay. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, never mind. I just did a search on Judge Chutkin YouTube, and it's just a bunch of YouTube videos that are coming up. So yeah, that's completely useless. But yeah, if it's going to be on YouTube, why not put it on television? Because basically, the internet now is television, internet and television are the same thing, your television, in your living room is a computer showing you things that are being uh, fed into the internet and broadcast onto your television.
4: Also I think that the it was the jo- Georgia trial that would be on the YouTube's not Judge Chuckin.
2: Oh, okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, when we come back from the break, I got to talk about Don Jr. and this rant about AR-15s because it's all at once hilarious and uh terrifying. <laughs> that I and know. uh plus uh god The ramifications of Trump's recklessness with national security Mm -hmm. continues on and on and on. We'll talk about that, too, after a short break. Back after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey man that sunset is gorgeous
1: grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time
2: project. This is Astral Summer, of course, and uh, the latest single from him and David Martin and production mastering by Lonnie Paul. This is uh, Zola. Yeah, David's not here today, so we thought we'd send this out to him. Yeah, If he's listening to the show, hi, David. Uh,
4: Ew, David.
2: Ew, David. Ew, David. Ew, David. Ew, David. All right. That is it. Make sure to uh, go to bobsuska.com, Click the link for this episode, dated 101923. Scroll on down, and you'll find links to support all the independent recording artists here on the show. Thank you. So, Don Jr. says AR 15s are for when people in motorized paragliders invade your house. What? Yes, they say drugs. What ab- drugs does he take? <laughs> I was going to say drug abuse. Don
3: Jr.'s on coke.
2: Uh, tends to cause paranoia depending on the uh, drug of your choice. Uh, This is Don Jr. on uh, his Rumble channel. Rumble, by the way, partnering with NBC News to bring you the next Republican debate. God damn it.
3: To the Democrats out there who's constantly trying to ban, you know, 30-round mags for your AR-15 and the AR-15 themselves, that's why you need those things. That's why you need... An AR-15, that's why you need a 30-round mag because if people in motorized paragliders come into your home, that's what it's for. It's not about hunting. It never has been about hunting.
2: (laughs) Jesus.
4: Oh, I think he's talking about how Hamas got into Israel. Yeah, some of them were um, paragliding into Israel. Into uh-huh. um, I think the the concert, I'm not 100% on this, but some were apparently because Alicia Keys got shit for wanting to go paraglide and they're like, that's insensitive, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, I think that's what that's about. By the same token, dude.
2: But that's why we have a national defense and military and police and people to protect us from terrorists in motorized paragliders. If you have an well, AR-15 in your house and people are descending into your home on paraglide first of all, How do they get inside your house with those motorized paragliders? Do they go in the window? Are they small enough to travel into the windows? Uh,
4: They're very teeny tiny like McHenry.
2: (laughs) It's an army of Patrick McHenry's and tiny trumps Mm -hmm. on teeny tiny paragliders. Uh, Let's Mm -hmm. just call them jetpacks made of beef. There you go. Don Jr. thinks you should have AR-15s in order to prevent invasion by uh, enemies on jetpacks made of beef.
3: Don Jr.'s on coke.
2: Okay. Oh yeah. You know what? God, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, Jody. We have a new Jody noise from last week's show. Uh oh. What did I do? (laughs) You did
1: this.
2: (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. Of course. That
4: almost sounds like an orgasm.
2: Yes. There. Well, the old Jody noise was this. Oh my god. Now we have this.
4: Yeah, it does. It sounds like a really sweet little orgasm.
2: Yeah, and I can, I can... I don't know what
4: it was for. What did I do that for? The cats? What I don't, was
2: I it? I don't remember. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I heard it as I was uh, reviewing the show, and <laughs> I was like, I gotta make a tape of that.
1: <gasps> oh,
2: that's so much fun. Oh, I love fun. that. I love that's that, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, meantime, uh, something that's a bit more on the serious side of things Russian intelligence sources have started disappearing after Trump recklessly declassified the Christopher Steele evidence. Remember this story? Because Donald Trump was so brittle and insecure about the whole P tape thing that he declassified all that evidence uh, related to Christopher Steele. And so now, his Christopher Steele's Russian sources, two of them, have disappeared. Hmm, Donald Trump uh, was not only reckless and continues to be reckless with national security secrets, but quite a few CIA agents also were killed during Trump's four years, like a, a remarkably high number of them. So there were some real world ramifications of this, of Donald Trump's recklessness, Well, his decision to declassify evidence given by Christopher Steele about the former president's alleged links with Russia led to the disappearance of two Russian sources, according to a court document. Christopher Steele, who used to run run MI6's Russia desk, compiled the notorious Steele dossier investigating Trump's connections to Russia. In a witness statement released on Tuesday, Steele said publication of his testimony to the Mueller investigation on the matter, originally classified secret, was an egregious and reckless act that serve no purpose other than to expose me and uh, Steel's, Christopher Steele's company, our sources and our methods. Trump is attempting to sue Orbis Business Intelligence in England over the dossier, which alleged that he engaged in, quote, perverted sexual behavior, unquote. <laughs> and paid bribes to Russian officials to further his business interests. The former president is claiming breach of his data protection rights and says the dossier's claims against him were false and phony and caused him reputational damage and distress. In his witness statement, Steele said the dec- uh, the decision to declassify his testimony taken on Trump's last day in office resulted in several Russian sources being exposed and suffering varying consequences. That sounds horrible. So, but naturally, Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about any of this. He doesn't care about anyone other than himself. No. I mean, if he's willing to throw his own allies, his own inner circle people, even his own children under a bus... Do you think he thinks twice about either CIA operatives who he doesn't know or Russian sources, Russian intelligence sources who are giving us valuable information about what Putin is doing, what the oligarchs inside Russia are doing, what perhaps even the FSB and the GRU are doing to an extent? These are valuable uh, uh, assets for uh, not only British intelligence, but American intelligence. And naturally, all that shit gets shared. So now it could be that Donald Trump's recklessness has resulted in deaths, not just the exposure of national security secrets, but actual deaths of the agents who collect that intelligence. Oh, yeah. God, it's one of those things that I start to think about from the perspective of the news coverage surrounding Donald Trump. The fact that he is so utterly reckless with these national security secrets. Just from an unpatriotic point of view, from a lack of American patriotism, like he is so reckless that it damages his own nation's ability to collect this information, to find reliable sources. You think anyone, any foreign intelligence sources who bring us information really want to work with America ever again?
4: Well, Uh, not with not with the prospect of Donald coming back.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I mean, the, how, how often do you get burned by a president yeah. before you say, okay, well, you give anything to the United States and there's a possibility that Donald Trump's going to get his hands on it or one of Donald Trump's minions or successors or copycats, and then suddenly it's out there again and yeah. s- suddenly uh, th- your Big Mac has polonium in it. Right. You know, or you end up uh, being tossed out a window. I'm sorry, you end up falling out of a window accidentally.
4: Windows are very, very difficult to walk by (laughs) without falling out. It's just tough.
2: That's right. And uh, finally here, before we wrap up the show, uh, Joe Biden's campaign account now has more followers on (laughs) Truth Central than Trump's campaign account. I love it. And I'm also having a great time trolling Donald Trump on Truth Central. I'm going there quite a bit um, until I get banned. Victor She, by the way, uh, commented on this story: "Is that Donald Trump can't even beat Joe Biden on a social media account? How will he beat him in a real election?" Dark Brandon at his best. Well done to uh, the Stephanie Miller Show stem cell. Victor yes. She.
4: <laughs> He'll still be called that when he's like 45.
2: I wonder how he feels about that. <laughs>
4: I was wondering what. Uh, he's fine. He smiles every time. I'm he's
2: sure fine. he's a good guy. He's a really good.
4: He's guy. He's a good boy
2: yes indeed okay by the way make sure to uh listen to the wednesday show with me and cliff Schechter. had a fun time yesterday it's one of those situations where i just say hi cliff and then 45 minutes later i say thanks for being on cliff talk to you next <laughs> time
4: it's my favorite kind of place
2: yes outstanding i just throw out topics and let cliff go and he just goes and goes and goes he loves to run and run um, <laughs> and it's always very entertaining. Cliff is always very popular when he comes on the show. Make sure to support his YouTube channel. It's, uh, I think, YouTube.com slash C. Schechter. We're going to try to get Cliff to 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. On his YouTube channel. So we'll try. We'll at least give him a couple dozen, maybe. Because we only have a couple dozen listeners of this show. So if if all of you go and support his YouTube channel, uh, 24 Subscribers closer to 100,000, that's valid.
4: No, it's close. Hey, every vote counts.
2: <laughs> give it a shot. We have way more than 24 listeners of this show, by the way. Just saying.
4: 25?
2: Yes, good guess. Very good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what happens is when you get to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, they send you a special plaque, like they give you a trophy for getting to 100,000 oh, nice. subscribers. And... Uh, yeah, I still haven't been able to figure out how to break through on YouTube. I've tried vi- posting videos over there, and it's just. I don't, I don't do it enough for it to work. Welcome to my world. Uh, yes, exactly. So, meantime, uh, be sure to support the Stephanie Miller Show, which Jody Hamilton is the executive producer of. Uh, Patreon.com slash Stephanie Miller Show. Also, Kimberly Johnson's Patreon page is patreon.com slash start me up. David Ferguson's Patreon is patreon.com slash Astral Summer. And uh, you can follow Buzz Burbank on Twitter at Michael J. Elston.
4: And at Threads too.
2: Which is a real name, yes. And also on Threads, yes. By the way, the reach on threads is far greater than YouTube now. Posted the same thing I did on both Threads and Twitter today way more engagement on threads I hate yeah, that it's Zuckerberg but, know, but looks like surprised. yeah looks like that's where everyone's going okay thanks Jody we'll see you on the shadow docket can you stick around for the shadow docket can you can of course you? okay see you over there on our patreon page patreon.com Bob sister show have a great weekend bye- bye